Hello and welcome to the Future of Film podcast. My name is Alex Stoltz and this is a show where we share insights and strategies from the leaders who are shaping the future of film. Today's guest is Ruslan Ofcharov. Ruslan is a new media and technology entertainment industry executive. He's a former head of marketing at Millennium Films, best known for major franchises like The Expendables, uh, which grossed over half a million, a billion, <laughs> that's important, uh, half a billion at the worldwide box office. Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, The Hitman's Bodyguard, big movies. Uh, he is also a very active entrepreneur, a CEO and co-founder of Groovesetter, a peer-to-peer platform for real-time online music collaboration. He's also the founder of the Blockchain Global Alliance, the non-profit organization with the goal to promote blockchain education and blockchain technology adoption within the entertainment industry. And it's this focus this this last bit which we we're going to be really relevant today because this episode is going to be a deep dive into the creative and commercial possibilities of well we're going to say nfts but it's blockchain it's it's web 3.0 and we're really going to be looking at it through the lens of entertainment and, and storytelling this i am so i'm so pumped about this conversation so pumped about this uh area um I really, I, f- I first sort of really discovered it actually through a presentation that Ruslan delivered at AFM earlier this year, and uh, and it really, it really opened my mind to the possibilities uh, that this can have for creators, for storytellers, for distributors. It's pretty transformative. So I made it my mission to bring Ruslan to the show. I'm really grateful that he uh, succumbed to my to my offer and. Yeah, Ruslan, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's great to be here. I really appreciate being invited and, and, and the opportunity just to share information about NFTs and, and blockchain in general. I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about the topic for, for a while now. And, and just the fact that we're able to uh, help bring some clarity in a way, uh, if you will, uh, to, to this topic. Um, I, I, I really look forward to the opportunity to speak to you about it. Thank you so much. So let's let's dive in. I think, uh, well, just to maybe just to a little bit of structure first. I think this conversation I've broadly we'll, yep. we'll move around quite a lot. I think, but we'll try and focus it into three three parts. One is let's let's cover the basics. What are NFTs? How do we get an NFT? How does it work? Um, then we'll go into sort of we'll. we'll, we'll pan out a bit and look at how this all fits together what, a, what, a, what when people talk about web 3.0 the metaverse uh dows mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we we've only got we haven't got forever so we can't go into it too much detail but we'll look at some of those aspects and then we'll think about what does this mean to creators and storytellers and filmmakers and some Perfect. of the some of the applications um so yeah so look let, let, let's kick off so Ruslan, what's an NFT? <laughs> All right, well, it's perfect. So NFT, in the most simple explanation, is uh, it means a non-fungible token, which fungible was a new word to me. I, I, I'm, again, I'm a foreigner, so fungible, I was like, what's fungible, what's non-fungible? But in, in essence, it's a collectible. It's a, it's a digital collectible that lives on the blockchain. And, and that, that you know, requires an explanation of what the blockchain is because people still, in a way, want to know what the blockchain is. But the, the basic functionality is that this non-fungible token is a token that can be owned. You can own it, you can trade it, you can sell it, you can transfer it, just like you can transfer cryptocurrencies. And, and cryptocurrencies, in a way, the revolution was that peer-to-peer transaction. Uh, you being uh, able to control and own your own wallet and your own money and, and nobody being able to come and take it from you unless you decide to send it to somebody else. And then once you send it to somebody else, that, that digital item, digital token, cryptocurrency, NFT, whatever it is that's represented on the blockchain, leaves your possession and goes into the possession of the party that you intended to send it to. 
Um, and, and, and in terms of the, the fungible and non-fungible, you, you have to think of it as like fungible being interchangeable so, uh, and non-fungible being unique. So w there's many analogies. The Mona Lisa, Lisa is, is, is commonly used where it's, you know, there's only one, but there's hundreds of millions or who knows how many reproductions, T-shirts, sweatshirts, backpacks, whatever, whatever it is that you want uh, to have with the Mona Lisa. I, I also think about, about it also in terms of like an iPhone, let's say. All, all the iPhones are pretty much the same. Right when you buy a brand new iPhone, it 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 looks, it looks exactly the same and an exact same functionality. Maybe the serial number is slightly different, so it's semi fungible. But once you start using it, once you start loading it with your apps, with your text messages, with your emails, with your interactions, it becomes unique. It becomes your own iPhone, and and essentially it becomes non fungible. You cannot trade it for. An, there's no other iPhone out there like this. So in essence, that's what a non fungible token is. It's it's a token that represents something. Could be something physical, could be something digital. It's always something digital because it is a token on the on the blockchain. But it is tracked on this blockchain and, and you can see the ownership, who owns it, the whole history, how who created it, who then transferred it and, and opens up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cool opportunities. Yeah, that's a great um, that's a great analogy. And thank you. Um, I think I think yeah, it's 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 tough to to pinpoint exactly what it is, because every day I talk to people and they, and and I and I say NFT and they're like, "What's an NFT?" And I find myself, okay, let's sit down and let's let's explain. And they're like, "But what? what why? Why do I need it?" You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it comes back to the fact that we the idea that you can own something digital, you know, which is yours and yours alone, which is how we've existed in the physical world obviously for for long time <laughs> yeah where mm -hmm. that's my that's my painting or that's that's my particular item and as a, and, and the fact that you can trace it back to yourself or to you can trace the ownership um and it's and it's unique and so yeah so you might there might be nfts which look the same but they are still unique because they they have their own unique identity. I think it's that I think it's that um, uh, serial number, if you will, right? That serial number that represents that this is one of x x amount. Um, um, and and really, like the, the fascinating thing that I really like about tokens and blockchain, it really reminds me when when I was a kid and and when I was collecting the the toys and the games that I was playing with. One of the very popular ones was Ninja Turtles. Like you would buy a piece of bubble gum and it would come with like these cards uh, that are a representation of the different Ninja Turtles. And and there was a collection of maybe ten thousand or something, and you had to collect. All, you have to buy as much bubble gum as you can in order to collect all the cards because you want to have all the cards. And some were more common, some were more rare, some were more, you know, um, uh, uh, there was even like, I believe, one of a kind. But we would trade these in, in school, like, you know, in, in middle school or even earlier. And I would buy a bubble gum, my friend would buy a bubble gum, we'll see which, you know, cards we got. And then we would trade them to just complete our set. And, and that peer to peer, you know, kind of, we didn't need anybody, a third party to help us facilitate this transaction. We, need, we had to buy the bubble gum, but, but once we bought it, we can transact directly. And, and that was missing for a very long time in the digital space. And that's where, you know, in 2009, Satoshi Nakamoto came out with this Bitcoin white paper that proposed the solution to this double spend problem. Uh, just to dive a little bit back, it's it's the, the the whole concept of the blockchain is that these immutable transactions that cannot be reversed and the ability to send digital money and digital payment, uh, digital currency, which at the time was almost impossible because of this double spend problem. The problem that if you create something digitally and send it to somebody, you're basically making a copy of it and sending the copy. And if I send you a picture, I'm sending you an attachment, but you have that attachment and I have that attachment. And, and now there's two versions of the picture. If you forward on that email to your mailing list, there's boom, another, you know, how many copies of it. And, and in order to prevent this double spend problem when it comes to currencies, that's where the banks were introduced and third parties to, to facilitate those, tra those transactions. And, 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 and then you're putting that trust into that third party and, and that third party will check, you know, do I have the tokens? Uh, are you able to receive them? Then I send it to that third party. That party, 
third party sends it to you. And, and that, you know, uh, disqualifies the ability for me and you to, to trade directly, right? And, and, it's, and it's, again, it's like the dollar bill, the physical dollar bill, the physical currency. If me and you meet, I can give you that dollar bill. It leaves my possession, it becomes yours. With digital money, unless we have a bank, I cannot send you digital money, right? We need some, somebody to guarantee that. So when Satoshi Nakamoto came in and said, hey, look, I've put together all these random different cryptography technologies and, and ideas into one idea of how they can be used, he basically um, uh, proposed and, and, and showed how a digital currency could exist that could be sent from one party to the other. And, 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 and then from there, that already opens up the peer-to-peer -peer exchange, the trading. And, and, and just to fast forward a little bit after that, after that innovation of, of, of having you know, digital currency and, and this innovation of the blockchain, then became the idea of smart contracts and the idea that you can record not only transactions, but an entire computer program on the blockchain that's immutable, cannot be changed, cannot be reversed, only added to and, and, and so forth. And that's how, kind of how you know, NFTs in a way, we're born from there. Yeah. When people who do, do know a bit about NFTs, they might sort of think of some examples like the CryptoPunks and pieces of art, uh, which effectively, I suppose, you know, one level are like a JPEG. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, why, Ruslan, do you think people are paying a lot of money for these um, these items at the moment? I think people are, there's many different reasons. The primary reason I think is because it's so new and because it's so innovative um, to have something that was like the first of its kind. It's always really cool. Uh, dating back to, you know, the oldest treasures uh, of the world. It, it's like people that discover the, the first gold or the oldest gold, you know, to, to own that, that becomes very valuable and, and it's being showcased in museums and, and everywhere else. And, and now that this technology has come out, people see the opportunity and they, they go for it. And as more people see the opportunity and it, there's a limited supply of these items, digital items, then it becomes kind of like a bidding war. And that's how the price goes up. And, and, and obviously the, the more value somebody sees in it, the more they're gonna pay for it. And I think that's why the price keeps climbing up, especially given the example of the CryptoPunks, which was given away for free, but now you know some are selling for, you know, a crazy amount of money, right? Uh, but just because they were the first and, and the most innovative, uh, considered today's point of view, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's so much more, isn't it, than just owning a JPEG as well? That's that's the thing that you because you have that proof of ownership, you can yeah. then showcase that work. People have been taking it, using it as their identity online, the, the avatar, if you like. Yeah, yeah. It, ha it has a lot more. I think there's a there's an immediate barrier. People sometimes think, well, I could just you know I'm just going to uh, right click <laughs> on that image and then I and then I own it. But it, but there's so much more to it than that, and that that seems to be. Well, that's the real value, I think, isn't it? That that is true, and 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 the cool part is that the token actually points to the actual metadata, right? The the whole concept is that that the, the NFT is really just a piece of code that 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 lives on the blockchain somewhere. So it's some letters and numbers, right? But they point to something. So they point to whether it's a JPEG, whether it's an audio file, a video file, some kind of reference file that's being that that said like this file. This is the the, the basically the who owns it is, is this token that that this token represents uh, uh, this metadata, this uh, audio file. So being able to assign that, then you can track the ownership of the JPEG. You can track the ownership of uh, the, the the sound recording, the, the video recording, and uh, and and yes, it is a, a JPEG that you can right click in a in a movie that you can copy and then distribute yourself. But but when you when you're copying it, you're not really you cannot copy the actual blockchain token. Uh, so you're only copying the the, the metadata and the and the, and the uh, digital file, and in in that regard, you can very easily verify if it's a copy or an original, and and there, it's being used, you know, in um, uh, uh, counterfeit uh, physical items, right? That can be. Uh, there was a big debate that I had with somebody about. Um, about uh, uh, shoes, right? The, sh the shoes being tracked on the blockchain with with the token, right? And and the idea that that it, it, it the idea that 
you can buy a shoe for $20,000, right? And it comes with a blockchain token uh, because it's it's an original shoe. You buy it from the original creator, whoever created that shoe. You get that physical shoe and you also get the NFT token that represents the shoe, right? Now you're a counterfeiter. You make an exact copy of that physical shoe, right? And you sell it for $10 instead of 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever. And uh, uh, you have you have that token and you also sell that token. So now who has the original shoe, right? Is it the guy that counterfeited the shoe, right? Because he still possesses the original that came from the manufacturer, but then he just sold a fake to somebody that paid, you know, uh, paid the same amount, but let's call it the, the new person paid the same amount, uh, but they bought a fake shoe, but it came with a token, right? And, and so who benefits the most out of it, right? And so this is the, another interesting part is these royalties, right? If that's the case that this person got ripped off and or half ripped off because they got the token, but they got the fake shoe also, uh, th then it gets into the fact of that the creator will get royalties because that sale happened. It could be programmed into the blockchain with, with, with the secondary market sales. And, and any time after that, that the token transfer hands, it will continue uh, uh, accu accumulating these royalties. And the fact that you have this fake shoe traveling around that's tied to a real token, it's also quite an interesting, it, it, it becomes quite, quite complex of, of what's real and what's not, right? What's valuable? Is it the token or is it the item that it represents? Is it the JPEG? That it, is the JPEG what's valuable, right? Because for example, with these NFTs, you receive the IP and the intellectual property to the JPEG. Some, some, some you don't, but others you do. Which means once you have that JPEG, it's yours. Like you can create content with it, you can license it, you can uh, create movies with it, storylines, whatever you want, and it's yours, right? Um, so, so, so it's it's very interesting. It, it's yeah. I don't know if I'm getting lost. <laughs> Sometimes I get lost in my own thoughts with this. It's, uh, it's no. I mean, I think that this we're, we're touching on some of the the possibilities and how to link back. And I think let's if we just if we if we draw it back to yeah. the fundamentals, I suppose, um, because sure. I think I think all of these things. Are, I mean, I the, the royalties things is is amazing. You know how artists how are benefiting from not only the first time they sell their piece of work, which may not be for very much, um, mm -hmm. but they they have a, a royalty clause built into the NFT so that when it's resold, uh, when it's when they're when they're famous and it, and the values go up, they 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 get back. Whereas in obviously in the traditional world, they would wouldn't get that any anything from a resale value. That's mm -hmm. that's transformative and that's very exciting. And I think that's the that's what's really um, you know helpful for people to understand is that these the there's so much more that can go into an nft than just the the jpeg it it, it can be linked to all kinds of different things and smart contracts um that that can benefit you know well benefit you know whoever but you know we're potentially interested in in, in the creator how it can benefit them um well, let's, I mean, let's let's you know, covering sort of the the basics. How how do we how do we buy an NFT? <laughs> how do we buy sure. an NFT, Ruslan? What's what's yeah. the process? So the, the it's it's there's two type two, two types of NFTs. Ones that you can buy with a credit card, and ones that require you to buy them with a cryptocurrency and and have your own wallet, right? So uh, the ones with the credit card are simple. You go to a platform that accepts credit cards, and you swipe your card, and you own the NFT. Uh, but the more interesting part is is to to do it through the blockchain, which would require you to get some cryptocurrency, and also would require you to have a blockchain wallet. So so the first thing is getting your digital identity, uh, uh, signing up for a wallet service like MetaMask or Coinbase Wallet, or any one of the wallets that's available. And 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 just to explain what a wallet is briefly, it's your digital uh, is your access to the blockchain. It allows you to read and write on the blockchain. Um, and in order to do that, you need the cryptocurrency of the underlying blockchain. And this wallet is the wallet that keeps all your tokens and also allows you to transact with this with this blockchain. So once you have your wallet, which is very simple to set up, and, and you control your wallet, this is another important part, you have to make sure that you 
protect the the, the private key uh, is what it's called, which is a 12 word seed phrase uh, that once w once you have that seed phrase, you can recover your funds or recover your wallet at any time. It's no password or account. It's, it's just this private key that uh, kind of gives you access to your wallet. Once you have your wallet, the next part is getting cryptocurrencies and you just go to one of the exchanges or have somebody send you some uh, some cryptocurrencies and, and primarily, let's say you buy some Ethereum and once you buy the Ethereum on the exchange, then you have to send that cryptocurrency to your uh, to your digital wallet, right? And you have to really understand, like educate yourself how sending transactions on the blockchain works because you don't want to send it to the wrong blockchain or to the wrong wallet because these transactions are irreversible. So you want to make sure you're, you're sending it to, to your own wallet from the exchange. And then once the money, the, the cryptocurrency is inside your digital wallet, then you go um, on a platform that sells NFTs, whether it's a marketplace like OpenSea or Rarible or, or any of the other ones, Foundation, or you go to a website that's been set up by the creator of these NFTs that you want to buy. And you connect your wallet to that website. It's the, the Web3, which we'll, I guess we'll get into as well. But uh, once your wallet is connected to that website, you're able to directly purchase this NFT from the party that's selling it. And the website is the one that's facilitating this uh, this ability for you to trade peer to peer. So, like all of these marketplaces, they're allow they're acting in a way as a matchmaker. Not not even as a matchmaker. They're acting as a platform that allows you to 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 buy something from somebody else. And 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 the benefit that they have is they are able to display the NFT, show the price, and show everything else. But they they don't they don't necessarily take possession of it. So when you're connected to one of these websites, all you have to do is. Uh, make the payment once you've connected your wallet. And what happens is the cryptocurrency leaves your wallet, goes to the smart contract that's been encoded on the blockchain. And then that smart contract, which is this computer program living on the blockchain, sends you the NFT. And then the NFT now is in your wallet and, and completely in your possession. And that's how, you, in, a, in a way, you buy an NFT. Once you buy it, then you can do whatever you want with it. You can display it, trade it, send it to somebody else. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And actually, I was thinking, you know, maybe at the end, I don't know if you have a wallet, but we can we can set up a wallet, and and I can send you some tokens, so you can so you can actually experience what that transaction is. I always encourage everybody to 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 try it out just to see how it works. That'll be fun. I mean, I've, I uh, following your um, your presentation before, I, I I did set up a wallet, and it's you're right, it's very awesome. I set up MetaMask, and it was very straightforward. Yeah, and. Um, uh, and very user friendly, so yeah, I think, I, and, and I think the wallet, you know, people, if the wallet is, it's that it's your new identity on online, isn't it? As well, if you visit a site which is enabled with uh, that that um, functionality, then it can recognise who you are, and so you can move. Uh, we're getting maybe into the uh, the metaverse a bit here, but you can move seamlessly from one experience to another without having to like, oh, yep. now I've got to log into Facebook. Oh, and I've got to log into to Google. Uh, I've got to remember my password here. It's it's a seamless process. That's right. It's the is the one path one single identity, and it's your digital identity, and it's your real identity, and everything travels with it. Every website you go to, every place you visit, that where you you interact with your wallet, that gets signed to your wallet. All these transactions get recorded on the blockchain, and because it's transparent, anybody can see if they know that that's your particular wallet. Anybody can actually track all the transactions that you've done, all the tokens that you've bought, all the tokens that you've traded on chain, right? Not on a centralized exchange or anywhere. This is all peer to peer. Uh, but because, you know, there's track, like you can go to Etherscan or, or any of these other scanners of the blockchain that allows you to basically put in a wallet address or a contract address and see the whole history of how how um, uh, this wallet transacted. So when you you have something like ENS, right, Ethereum name service, you can actually assign, instead of having a long string of letters and numbers representing your wallet, you can assign a name to your wallet, uh, you know, let's say the future of film .eth. And that would be the wallet of the future of film. And then people can, instead of looking for that number, and who owns this wallet, right? They're like, oh my God, you know, look, they're doing all kinds of stuff with it, but we don't know who it is. But if you, for example, attach that name to your wallet, now all of a sudden people know, oh, that's the wallet of, you know, uh, the future of film, or that's the wallet of Disney. And, and that way you can very easily see how 
uh, uh, this brand is, is, is transacting, what they're doing, how a particular user, the, the history of the websites that they visited uh, or the tokens that they own. And it, and it really becomes your decentralized identity. Uh, that that basically travels and that goes into your reputation that goes into you know it's like having all these public profiles that we have uh, on social media across many different profiles now now it's one now it's one profile it's your wallet and your wallet it doesn't matter which uh, you know service you use whether it's metamask or or argent or any of these other uh, wallet services it's still one wallet address right and that wallet address represents everything that you that you do and that will travel for you forever until you lose your keys or, or you know, <laughs> uh, or decide not to use that wallet. You know, I think a lot, a lot of lot of keys have been lost over <laughs> over the over the years. Yeah, there's some very interesting uh, stories. You know, of people that were mining Bitcoin way back when, and 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 then they throw away their computer and 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 the hard drive had all the private keys. And that's why it's very important. Like understanding wallet practices is is super important because it's as as it becomes the norm of of logging into websites and everywhere, people really have to understand how to manage their own identity on the blockchain, which starts with management of the private keys of their wallet. Uh, which is super important uh, because again, you could either lose it, they could steal it, or you can forget it, or if you don't, and then you you lose access to everything that all the JPEGs that you bought, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really putting a lot of responsibility on the individual, and, and yeah, we're we've been trained to rely <laughs> on our trusty banks and third parties to to do all of that for us haven't we um, that's right that's right so it's, it's a new it's an education I think you know again I think this is probably if people approaching this for the first time it probably it, it might sound a bit overwhelming and um, you know all of these possibilities and, and and a little bit scary in the sense that you know all of my behavior is gonna be tracked online that sounds that sounds that sounds dodgy, but it's um, tracked anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and well, it, it, exactly. Um, and also, we choose to, to we choose to make it trackable. I mean, be, people are posting on their Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and, and it's a public. It, you could track what people are, are are doing. You know, it's it's not like we're not doing it already. So so now it's the only thing. It's irreversible. It's you cannot you cannot delete it. You cannot delete the transaction that you did. You cannot delete the token. Like you can transfer it out if you own some tokens. You can transfer them away from your wallet. But that that history of you owning that token will always remain on on your transaction record. So it's 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 yeah. It, there was a big misconception in the beginning that Bitcoin is anonymous and and but it's it's really it's not. Once you know the wallet address, you can seriously track what's how it was sent to who it was sent. You know and 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 create a complex web of, of, of uh, you know, interactions and, and see how a particular wallet is interacting with the, with the blockchain. And today there's like, you know, uh, websites where you just put in the wallet address and boom, it's like, it, it gives you the whole history. It shows you everything. So uh, you can very easily track what's, what's happening on the blockchain. It's not, tra it's transparent. It's not private. You know, there's blockchains that are also private, but uh, yeah, mostly mm. it's transparent. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable about that, uh, but you know. Yep. We, but anyway, let's. Um, I wanted to tell you that I, I bought my first NFT. Awesome! Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. What did you get? Uh, well, I I did. Uh, I, I I you mentioned you could buy them with crypto or with a credit card. I, I it was just through a credit card, but I, I bought one of the Matrix. Awesome, ones. awesome. Yeah, because I awesome. thought that, that would be a fun fun thing to explore. One know, of the metahumans, the metahuman exactly. matrix. Yeah. Yes, that's so cool. So, yes. so yes, go on. I'm still waiting for them to do the, the red pill, blue pill sure. um, thing. And which we where so for those who don't know, you can you can check it out, but you, you, you buy this randomly generated character, um, which is like a matrix themed character, and then at a later date, they'll give you the option to take the red pill or the blue pill. And if you take, uh, I forget which it is, if you take the, the red pill, um, yeah, if you take the red pill, your character transforms into a resistance fighter, which is pretty cool. Or living in the Matrix. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Exactly. Yes, it's really amazing. Uh, so uh, so that's, that's, that's fun. Um, yep. So but that's obviously, they were made by, you know, in partnership with the, you know, this is interesting in a way that, you know, Warner Brothers are getting in sure. on the the NFT train, and that's. Yep. I, 
I would like to come back to film marketing. You're an expert in film marketing and to talk about, you know, that and the possibilities. But how if we if we wanted to make an NFT, how how could we is that something, you know, accessible to us? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody can make an NFT and the simplest, uh, easiest way I would say is go on OpenSea uh, or Rarible, create an account and just create an NFT. It's just, it's a very simple process. You just click on create and fill out the information, the metadata, add the video, the JPEG and, and publish. And that's as easy as, as it is. And uh, there is some transaction fees because you might you might have to register your wallet for when you use it for the first time and and and, and transaction fees to write on the blockchain, uh, which you have to pay for, which you will have to have some some Ethereum in your wallet or or the cryptocurrency on the blockchain that you want to use. But but once you do that, that's it. Um, the second way is obviously to to go slightly more deeper into it and learn. Uh, uh, how to interact with the blockchain yourself and write a, your own smart contract. And, and again, everything is open source. So, so all the uh, uh, standards have already been set on how to create a crypto token, how to create an NFT token. Um, um, and basically you take that code, learn how it works and deploy it on the blockchain using your wallet again. Um, um, and then you can create your own NFT and create your own website and 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 create a more tailored experience uh, that that your audience can uh, can uh, you know participate in and and go with. And then once you create it yourself, it will show up on the other marketplaces anyway because they're reading on the blockchain. So any NFT they they, they kind of it kind of shows up automatically on these blockchains. I hope that uh, was not very, that didn't sound very complicating. <laughs> well, the first the first option sounded sounded fairly yeah. straightforward, and then when yeah. you started talking about um, open source code on the blockchain, I started to to to, to feel worried. But um, yeah. but yeah, I think it's it's. But I think yeah, if you you, it sounds like you can. It's, it is it is very accessible. To, to do it through one of the there's many there's portals. many open platforms that you just create an account literally like you create an account on social media you create an yeah. account on a marketplace and the marketplace allows you to create NFTs and 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 it's very easy it's just it's it's uploading a picture profile and, and description uh, it's 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 as easy as that yeah and it depends on the use case of the NFT what what exactly you want the NFT to do is it just a, a one of a kind artwork that you've created that you want to tokenize. Uh, or is it something more complex, like you want to issue a collection of, of 20,000 or 100,000 um, uh, uh, NFTs, like in the case of The Matrix, for example, they had to partner up with platforms that issued these and created this on their, on their behalf. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fairly pretty, pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. Well, I think we've, we've covered a, a lot of ground there um, uh, in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of the, the fundamentals. If there was one resource that you'd recommend people to check out just to get a really good just you know they wanted to find out more about nfts or just to refresh some of the things we talked about is there is there one particular resource absolutely absolutely so there there's uh the best place i would say is to go on OpenSea, and they have something called the nft bible and uh just if if people type on google OpenSea nft bible it there's an entire explanation of what everything is and it dives in really deep and and they've done a really great job explaining everything from nfts to wallets to blockchain to to just about anything you can think of and and how it works cool i should, yep. I should check that out myself okay that's great so now we're gonna we're gonna go to take a step back i suppose because I mean, for okay. me, like, uh, and I don't know if you agree with this, NFTs are like almost the the tip of the iceberg, or, or some way, they're, they're a they're an aspect of what people often call Web 3.0. Sure. And they are a, a form of. Well, they are. <laughs> they they're they're. they're a, Part of the, the the way Web 3.0 works through exchange of tokens and and um, digital ownership. So, can you can you describe Ruslan what Web 3.0 is? Uh, yes, in the in the simplest terms, it's the decentralized internet owned by the users. Um, everybody that participates in the Web 3 uh, has a stake uh, by owning tokens and being able to transact peer to peer. 
and uh, eliminating those uh, third-party intermediaries. That's the most simple explanation that I would say of, of, of Web3. Uh, and that's how the internet essentially was designed by from the very beginning to be peer-to-peer, -peer, but then you had these big uh, companies show up and, and kind of uh, help the use of the internet because they made it easier to use and, and for us to connect and to interact, but they became kind of the walled gardens that you know, uh, you're know you part of. So now that we can have ownership and transact ourselves, uh, that's the that's really the Web3. It's, it's we own the internet, we own the tokens, uh, we can send it to each other, and everybody is an active participant uh, through community and ownership and participation. Is this all, this is not all going to just happen like overnight and suddenly we're going to be Web 3.0 and Facebook is, you know, or Meta is going to be, um, you know, out of the picture. This is going to be like a gradual process. Uh, I, I, I think so. But but also, I don't think any of these big companies are going to disappear. They're, they're going to continue evolving just like any other company. And, and I think... Um, uh, cryptocurrencies and tokens are just becoming a standard that everybody will adopt and it will integrate into the experience because uh, owning a cryptocurrency is is one thing and 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 having all the metadata and the or a token uh, I should say NFT let's say uh, uh, but the, the the metadata and the asset that it represents doesn't necessarily have to be on the blockchain uh, like these JPEG files they're they're not some 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 of them are very big or if it becomes a 3D file or if it becomes an audio file or a movie file uh, it doesn't really make sense to to have that on the blockchain has to be somewhere, you know, pointing, uh, identifier will point to that to that file. And that's where these big companies uh, really come in handy um, because they can store, you know, uh, uh, these digital digital files, like the, the online servers, which also could be decentralized because servers all around the world and, and there's a whole, you know, file coin and, and other, you know, uh, decentralized services that allow for online storage or decentralized storage that rewards people for providing storage. Like we can all connect our computers and and, and and while we're not working, allow other people to use our computers and we will get paid for it through tokens. That that really goes into the, the protocol the, of the decentralized autonomous organization. Most of these big cryptocurrency projects, Ethereum, uh, Solana, Cardano, they are decentralized autonomous organizations because really the, it's part of the community that's taking effort into building them and, and they're getting rewarded by tokens and, and depending how you participate in this, in this community is, is the amount of reward that, that you get. Um, so Facebook and, and, and Google and Amazon, you know, they're already, uh, Facebook is working on, a, on the Libra wallet uh, and they have a, a token, I'm sure, on, on the way that will be coming that's, a, 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 you know, a cryptocurrency. Um, uh, Amazon, I believe, had cryptocurrency credits, Amazon credits a very, very long time ago. And, and obviously Microsoft and IBM and, and, and Amazon, they're, they're like leaders in the blockchain space. Um, uh, in terms of providing blockchain services and tokens and, and infrastructure that you can use to build on top. That's because the blockchain is a very, it could be private, public, uh, 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 but it, it requires a lot of resources. And, and, and these companies are reinventing themselves to move towards that, uh, that way of, of, of transacting and, 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 and tracking royalties because it makes so much sense uh, to, to, to have a ledger that's immutable and easy to um, audit uh, uh, than to, you know, to rely on legacy kind of uh, uh, legacy ways of, of doing things. And so, so these bigger companies, when they, when they uh, uh, transform, they would just be uh, providing um, uh, uh, it, I, I think they will just become like a MetaMask in a way. They will provide access to the blockchain of your choice in order to display whatever it is that you want to display on Facebook or on, on Meta on, or, or on Oculus uh, or on VRChat, wherever you are. It, it, they will just allow you to experience the experience that they've built, but also display inside that experience something that you own on Ethereum or something that you own or on Solana or on, on, on Bitcoin. Um, uh, so I, I think they'll just reinvent themselves. You're listening to the Future of Film podcast with me, Alex Stoltz, and I'm in conversation with Ruslan Ofcharov. If you want to find out more about Future of Film or any of our podcast guests, you can do that at the home of Future of Film, Future of Film. 
www.ruslan.live. And I start this section by asking Ruslan how the metaverse relates to Web3 and NFTs. The fact that we can play different video games and watch different movies and, and listen to different radio stations already in our daily life, it's already part of the metaverse. And we have this abundant amount of content to choose from and we can combine it any way we want, right? Um, uh, the, 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 uh, the steps to the metaverse, I guess, that we're missing, uh, that people are always uh, uh, asking for, is that intersection of intellectual property clashing with each other. I think that's the biggest hurdle to the metaverse. Uh, because, you know, if I want to play, uh, you know, with my Batman character, uh, but also I want to have my Crypto Kitty in the same world, it's, 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 it's an agreement that has to happen between the Crypto Kitty and the, and the Batman company. Um, and, and otherwise, you know, I won't be able to play the game or, or watch a movie with, with both of these things together. Um, uh, so the metaverse, in a way, is... is Web3 is and, and cryptocurrencies and tokens are, are definitely empowering it. Uh, but I think the metaverse is, is, is just an all-encompassing thing of, of our universe, of our world, and being able to participate and go anywhere anywhere we want. And we'll just choose which experience we want to experience that's part of part of this metaverse. Um, what do you think is of the metaverse and, and how does how would it fit fit together? Well, I mean I think I, th I think when people think of the metaverse they immediately think of Ready Player One and you know a virtual world, which I think is is definitely you know a, a key part of that. But it's also it also there's a lot of underlying infrastructure which is required. Which, for example, moving seamlessly from one experience to another, so you're yep. able to move from just like in the real world, we can wander from the from the the, the cinema to the arcade uh are there arcades yep. anymore to you know the restaurant I mean? yeah there yeah, is exactly there. so so yeah that at the moment that that experience is is you know is not all unified and and the metaverse would allow you to have one identity which moves between those different different experiences and that's obviously where you know you can see the the benefit of you know the importance the essential importance of having the 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 wallet and that online identity absolutely absolutely the, the, the whole i'm i'm really you know uh, excited about that idea of having your wallet and being able to log in with that wallet across many different experiences but always having all your items with you and it always goes back to that example of the video games right which was one of the first industries to adopt blockchain um, it, it is the fact that you buy a video game you play it and then you put it away and then that game stays on the shelf uh, you know my mario is, is 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 sitting somewhere and i'm never using it but i've accumulated so many points in Mario and I've passed all the levels and collected all the little tokens that I can collect but then that's it that game's over if I was with my wallet all those things would be attached to my wallet and when I go into you know the new game that comes out maybe I can bring in my my experience points into that game and that travels with me in, in a way that's tied to my Steam account and into my PlayStation profile because as I go you know obviously we're collecting achievements as we as we play these games along the way and and you can see my profile and you can see which games I've played and, and but but again it's it's on the PlayStation network or if it, it's on the Ubisoft network now to be able to go from you know one to the other and bring all of those items that I own with me and, 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 and for example, I bought the Matrix uh, uh, NFT, right? And I'm, I'm in the Matrix world, but now I go into somewhere else, uh, into another video game. I bring my Matrix avatar into that video game and, and I'm able to, you know, trade it even on another platform, not, not on, the, on the Matrix platform. That's a fascinating thing to be able to, to just go from one place to the other and, and, and monetize all the things that I've earned by playing or participating on another platform. I think that's really the, the, the metaverse. It's, it's that ability to transact, the open transactionness and the, the ability to, to take one property to the other. Uh, that's gonna be very interesting to see how it comes together in the very near future because of this intellectual property, which is always a big question. It's like, how do we, how do we 
maybe it was maybe it was you know an ego thing in the beginning because like no I have my brand you have your brand we're gonna compete with each other and, and but now it's like okay how can we make it together you had the Capcom and all these video games where like you can fight different characters and they're all together now you have stuff like the Avengers and 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 obviously you know you see these movies that are each each character has its own movie but also like all the characters together are making a you know an entire metaverse of, of a storyline Marvel has its own metaverse right but but the fact that uh, we will be able to combine everything into one and easily track ownership and, and transactions gives a little bit of a peace of mind to these IPS because you can always like if, if you're the Batman owner you know that uh, when somebody makes a transaction anywhere in the world, you'll be able to see that transaction and, for example, get a royalty or reward that user for doing that transaction, regardless of whether they're in your world or in the real world or in the digital world or another video game or another movie theater. Uh, I, I think that's that would be very interesting. And also this this intersection like of, of, of entertainment coming together between uh, filmed entertainment, TV and film, with video games, right? It's 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 fascinating because now everything is becoming one. Is is 3D graphics are are becoming real? Um, uh, you cannot tell the difference between you know, especially when you put on a virtual reality headset. You're 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 there, right? Um, so so those experiences I think will will define the way the matrix works, and 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 I'm very excited about this stuff, and and also the ability to reward. I always talk about movie tickets. Wouldn't it have? It wouldn't it be cool if instead of selling the matrix uh, NFTs, they said anybody that buys a movie ticket will get one of these NFTs, right? And then and then everybody that goes to the movie theater to watch the movie, uh, their movie ticket is an actual NFT. And, and, and so what happens then? It's automatically tracking the box office. You don't have to wait until Monday for Variety to publish the numbers. Uh, at any given moment, you could just look on the blockchain, you know, how many tickets has the movie sold? This many. Uh, then you can reward the viewer for going to the movie by saying, hey, look, you have an item that's in your wallet that you can transfer to anybody else. Or after you watch the movie, it remains in your, in your wallet. Look at the cool artwork that we have. We have a metahuman and it's unique. It's one of a kind. But guess what? If you start playing the Matrix video game, you can use that movie ticket inside of that video game and, and that would represent this custom character that's only available to the people that went and watched the movie. And, and if you don't want to play the video game, sell it to somebody else on the marketplace and, and, and they can use it inside the video game. So you essentially watch the movie for free because you, you, you spend $10 on buying the movie ticket, then you you spend you, then you got twenty dollars because somebody wanted to buy your ticket after you watched the movie because they wanted to play the video game. So not only did you watch the movie, but you also made ten dollars because you know you sold your ticket after you've used it after it's no longer usable in the in the in the movie theater because the movie's out of the movies. You know that's fascinating that you can reward the 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 audience and this is where it becomes really powerful because the audience becomes a participating uh, party in this in this creation process and and. They're incentivized, and, and 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 the fact that you can do stuff and get rewarded for it and make money, I think, is also very exciting for 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 people. That's why we're seeing these play-to-earn video games are, are super exciting. People are playing video games because they're making real money inside inside the video game. They're earning tokens and characters that they can then sell on a on a on a, a marketplace like OpenSea or 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 inside the marketplace of these video games. And that's super facet. That is the metaverse in a, in a way. Being able to take something, pay for something, and then take it to another world and resell it somewhere else, which we could do in the real world, right? I can I can uh, buy something here, go to another country, and and sell it uh, at a marketplace. There is the import and export business, but but on the digital uh, front, it it gets much more interesting because it could be anything. There's no restrictions. Only the imagination is the is the restriction of what the what the NFT could be, right? You know, how would you start to, you know, use NFTs if you were still, you know, marketing those those global franchises that you used to do at Millennium? Well, 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 one of the one of the very first things is again is the movie tickets, which which comes after the fact when the when the content is already created. But the the other exciting part about NFTs and blockchain is is the ability to take that from the very beginning. Uh, it's like essentially as a filmmaker, what you're doing is you're creating a storyline, you're creating a script, you're going to a movie studio and you're pitching your project and you're hoping that the movie studio will believe enough in it uh, to bankroll it and to to put the, all the efforts and, and, and resources behind it to create the movie. 
Now, and, and then obviously they, they're investing in it and they will reap the benefits and the profit if the movie is successful. Uh, now you can go directly to your audience and say, hey guys, you know, I'm making this movie and uh, you can participate in it by buying this NFT, right? And by, or, or it could be not NFT. Like one thing is that I want to say here is like the NFTs and, and, and crypto tokens are, are in a way one and the same, right? You, can't, you can have uh, uh, cryptocurrencies or you can have NFTs, but they're all digital tokens. So the fact that you can tell your audience that, hey, I'm creating NFTs and, and by holding the NFT, you also get a token. And that token is my personal brand as an artist, as a creator, as a filmmaker. And uh, you give me a small portion and then by holding this NFT, you get certain access that you would have never gotten access to before, whether that's previews or, or updates along the way or behind the scenes footage or, or exclusive content that we're gonna re release only to, to the people that own this NFT. That's a very fun way to bootstrap the, the, the process of, of, of creating the content, knowing that, checking if there's even an audience for that content, right? Because one of the big things is when you're making a movie is like, well, will it work? Will it not work? Uh, it, it's just a guess until you release the movie. Obviously there's test marketing and, and stuff that you can utilize and, and templates and, and genres that always work. But the, the fact that you can release a, a concept to the audience and see if they want to participate and, and they, if they're willing to you know, give you $10 or $20 or $100 or in, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very exciting because they become an owner in the property. And as you grow as a filmmaker, the property grows, and 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 then the the audience again benefits from it. Uh, so 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 one of the things is uh, uh, to the to the example of let's say you create a character, and 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 that character becomes uh, super famous right down the line five years from now, but whoever helped you uh, create that character as your audience has an NFT that represents that character. And now, you know, you make a deal with uh, Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers says, well, you know what? That character will be inside of uh, the next Matrix movie or the next Matrix video game. And now everybody that holds that NFT that they bought five years ago or 10 years ago is now worth, you know, a lot of money because there's only like five of them, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they can sell it or, or whatever. So the, the, or, or they hold the cryptocurrency token that you've issued that's, that's as your community grows or as your audience grows. Uh, 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 that that value of that token becomes more valuable, and 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 just think of it as like the the Blair Witch Project, right? Imagine if if the Blair Witch Project said, you know, we're gonna give out tokens to fundraise the ten thousand dollars that we need to make this movie, and it costs you know ten dollars, and just that's all we need, and then you bought that token, and then a bunch of rights came with that token, uh, and you have this NFT. And, and, and then next thing you know, it's like, it becomes a, a, a huge franchise and you were there on the ground level by, uh, by owning this token and being part of the community. And you can display it on your you know, Twitter profile if you want that you, you had that token. Uh, that could be something very, very, very interesting. So in terms of filmmakers, I feel like that is where it's really powerful. It's, it's enabling the audience to, uh, the audience becomes the studio in a way because the studio bankrolls the artist. So now the audience is, the, the fans are bankrolling the artist and they're also taking part in that profit uh, opportunity if the, if the brand, for example, uh, continues gaining value and, and momentum. And that's happening across the music industry as well. Uh, the same thing, a lot of music artists are issuing their own tokens and, and saying, hey, you know, here's my own token, gives you direct access to me and my, my community and my art and my music. Uh, and, and fans that are supporting them from the very start reap the benefit of, 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 of being there. Um, so that's one. Uh, it's, it's, it's the fundraising, the direct audience. Which is, ama uh, which is amazing, by the way. I mean, I think it's, it, I, this is where my mind starts to go into overdrive all the possibilities. But it's like it's crowdfunding on steroids, isn't it? But it, yes, it, because yes. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's marketing, it's crowdfunding. And then you start thinking virtual production and you could create characters which Absolutely. then can move from the, the movie to the video game and you can have ownership, you know, you could share, people could have 
ownership of those characters as well. Absolutely. It's, and, it's as, and, and, and as we're getting into this virtual production more and more, right, because that is now the norm, you're creating these 3D characters that people want to use inside these virtual worlds, right? And, and, and that's, that could be tied to an NFT. That's very interesting. Uh, virtual characters are, are super exciting. It, it, it's, it's like randomizing a, a, a virtual representation of your lead character and making 10,000 versions of him or her. You know, it's it's and the fan owns one of those ten thousand, and those are the unique ones, and and then they could take it into Fortnite. Uh, how cool is that? You know, it's it's really cool, and not it it doesn't have to do anything on Fortnite's end. They just Fortnite has to say, yeah, we accept that. You know, we'll just link that character to that decentralized storage that has that three D model somewhere, right? And and then it will display inside inside of your video game. Uh, but again, it it will, it will take a little bit of time. But I, I think we're I think we're getting there. But that intersection of game, film, and TV, is is where where it's really happening uh, uh, on the on the and music, of course, uh, on the NFT front. So uh, for for any filmmaker, I think they have to think about think about it of how can they how can they implement NFTs into their marketing campaign, whether it's to fundraise, whether it's to market to incentive incentivize people to watch the content uh, or or like even uh, props like movie props are a very big thing it, it's you can have a physical version of the of the movie prop that's one of a kind and you can have a digital representation of it and obviously as CGI is, is growing there's more and more props that are completely virtual and, and designed in 3d so they automatically translate into the digital digital items and 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 owning those is, is also very exciting yep it's very exciting um, yeah. Uh, look, I know we we are we are over time, and I want to be respectful of your time, Ruslan. Um, I could definitely could definitely go on, but I uh, but perhaps we we could come back for a, a round two at some point. Tell me what what would be your advice to you know, creators listening to this, or anyone in in the in the film value chain or the the, the entertainment value chain? Yeah, what should they they do? There's a lot of possibilities out there. Where where should they start? I think the first thing is get a wallet, uh, set up set up your own uh, cryptocurrency wallet, whether it's on mobile or uh, uh, as a uh, extension, MetaMask or or any of the other ones in your browser. Use Chrome or Brave, and um, and experiment and 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 research, learn how it works, make a transaction, buy some cryptocurrency, and buy some cryptocurrency and send it from the exchange to your wallet. Uh, send, create another wallet, send, send that cryptocurrency from one of your wallets to your other wallet just to see how the transaction works. Um, uh, go to a marketplace, buy an NFT, see what it's like, what, it, what the transaction process is to buy an NFT. Um, uh, create an NFT just to see what it, what, just, just experiment in the space. And, and most importantly, once you know how it works and you've educated yourself, think of ways you can implement that into into the whole pipeline of everything you're doing because that's a transformative technology that's here to stay. And, and, and having this kind of idea of, uh, or a plan for an NFT campaign or for a, for a blockchain campaign or for a token campaign, I think is, is more and more important. And, and, and start having activity on the blockchain. That's very important. It's like interact with your wallet as much as possible versus interacting with uh, your you know, profiles that, that keep no track of your history. Because your wallet, again, is your identity and, and, and it'll become, in a way, uh, you know, a portfolio that you can send people like, here's my wallet address, this is my portfolio. So that, that's, my, that's my advice to anybody. The first thing is, is get a cryptocurrency wallet and experience this, this amazing ability to transfer value peer to peer in a matter of seconds without a third party intermediary, right? It, it, it's 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 really fascinating. Just yesterday, I was I was speaking to somebody, explaining what an NFT is, and I had them create a wallet, and I sent them some Ethereum, and and you know, and and it's it, 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 over the summer, I was trying to make a wire out of Europe to you know, I was in Europe, but you know, I was in uh, wanted to do a wire in America. It took one week because the bank was this and the bank was that and the, this and that, and it, it, it took forever to make a simple wire, right? When with cryptocurrencies, it happens in, 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 you know, a few seconds and any amount of value, right? Any amount of value. It could be $1, it could be $10, it could be a million dollars, could be any amount of value and I could transfer it to you in a matter of seconds and I'll pay a small transaction fee uh, and that's it. 
and 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 it's from my wallet to your wallet. So that 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 I think gets people going right away when they when they when they when they experience this ability to to have a digital wallet and and how it works on this peer to peer. And again, just transferring from one pocket to the other, I call it, you know, it's like from from one of my wallets to the other wallet. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't cost anything to create a wallet. It's absolutely free and, uh, and, and it's really empowering. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think that's, that's, that's really helpful advice. And just, just, just very finally, are, are you excited about the possibilities of this for, for creators in particular? Absolutely. Creators, it's the, the, the fact that you're, you're creating content all that content could be represented on the blockchain as a, as a token. Uh, all the marketing campaign materials, uh, Twitter posts, Facebook posts, videos, Instagram videos, these can all be NFTs and then reshared on social media. But let the fans buy the, the, the marketing campaign and, and give them rewards as, 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 as being owners of this marketing campaign. Reward their attention for you know sharing something, good, uh, sharing content. If they, somebody shares the trailer, they get an NFT. Uh, it's it's really in, empowering, you know. And then have leaderboards, you know, the the, the most valued fan, you know. It, it it does become like the the ready player one. <laughs> So that was my conversation with Ruslan Ofcharov, recorded at the end of 2021. If you want to find out more about Ruslan or indeed any of the guests on the podcast, you can do all of that the home of Future of Film, futureoffilm.live. So that's it for this episode. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you back on the podcast very soon.